not exactly how you would draw it up in the playbook. But Leaf fans will take it. The Leafs win an exhilarating game five after being down two goals early in the first period. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, producer Sammy McKee. And while Derek Brandeo is on assignment, let's welcome in Lance Romance Kennedy. I can only imagine, Sammy, the emotions of last night's game where these guys went from bums to heroes in half a game. Sammy sent us the Vince Carter it's over gif. I'm calling him out. He said it's okay. over. 2 nothing. Listen, listen, boys. <laughs> I will say that I am, like I've mentioned before in the show, I am in a million different Leafs-oriented chat groups with all different people from all different walks of life. And there were some texts flying around last night, boys, when they went down Tuesday. <laughs> there were some stuff that can't be taken back, said. And listen, well, it's, we it's are, a way we, that Leaf fans cope. We are going to get into all of it in the next few hours. First and foremost, welcome everybody to a special edition of Real Kipper and Born 10 to 12. Today, Eastern, thanks to the Blue Jays. And oh, by the way, thank you, Blue Jays, for my early afternoon tee off today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Baby. As, as well. But uh, we are on location this week, uh, remote, uh, as we have uh, been battling a, a COVID protocol. But good news is we'll be back on YouTube, our live streaming channel, uh, Thursday and Friday. So either after game seven or before game one, <laughs> depends how you want to look at it. Do, do you want to see my face after that? The question <laughs> remains, but let's, let's dive into this and uh, let's really go and, and talk about, uh, you know, those emotions that we were just speaking of from, from Sammy and, and the thought and, and where everybody's heads were after mm-hmm. those, uh, those two goals and, was it Boston, Columbus, Montreal all over again? Did you did you get a real sense that, that that's where the narrative was going and and the questionable character in the lineup? Mm-hmm. Start you know, with you, JB. You know, narrative-wise, Kipper, I definitely saw that happening. My Twitter feed was all, you know, can you trade? Can you get Barry Trotz in for the second period? And everyone all <laughs> over the the Leafs, but. I got to tell you, I didn't think they were as bad as everyone else did in the first period. I thought they had a good first few minutes. Mitch Marner had a breakaway. They got a power play. I thought it was okay. I know that by the time it was all said and done, they they were on the wrong side of things in a bad way, but that was largely penalties, was it not? We've been working since October, and we watched a different game last night. I (laughs) I thought they were horrible. Oh, I didn't think so. Absolutely horrible. When I look halfway through the game and they got four shots on goal, I did not see what you saw. You know, I saw another game that was mired in penalties. You know, the Nylander penalty early stunk. You know, they take another penalty. Marner takes one. They get a Giordano cheap call. They're down five on three. I just thought they were fighting. They're swimming upstream against, I don't know if you want to call it undisciplined. We're going to talk to Dave Jackson today, ES former NHL ref. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting his take on things because, guys, everything is getting called right now. It's, there's, it's impossible. 
That that uh, Dave Jackson will come in the second hour, and uh, yes. Uh, he's a rules analyst on ESPN. The standard that we've seen, the parade, and we'll also get uh, John Cooper's thoughts on it as well in the show. But it uh, it it's it's really been the main reason why this thing's been such a roller coaster right from game one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm curious, Kipper. What you just thought that they didn't have that pop, have their usual sort of presence? Yeah. The, it clearly went when the game was over from a no-character, gutless hockey team <laughs> to they were just nervous, a little apprehensive. I thought Mikheyev and Engvall were absolutely horrific as I well. I thought they were they, bad. Engvall's they, been bad uh, for a few now. You know, they were stick-handling with oven mittens on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> overhandling it. It, it. it was just – it was horrible. They couldn't establish any forecheck. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just everything that I, I thought could go wrong did go wrong for them, and uh, and then it just turned out to be nerves. It just turned out that they could not find a way to understand what they've done for 82 games, and that's been a pretty resilient team, and yeah. uh, it, it worked out well uh, when it was all said and done. But certainly, you. you can't hang your hat on trying to find a way to close out a game six or a game seven in the same manner that that, that yeah. that'll be a disaster the, what i was gonna because I, I agree that the start of that game was pretty embarrassing and i i'm more on your side kipper that i didn't i think they did have a couple good shifts to start the game but then after they took the penalty and they were they got a couple scored on i thought you know we'll talk about jack campbell later but there is a world in which they were down four or five nothing in that first period. They looked yeah. so lost, so scrambly defensively. And listen, I, like I said, I sent the Vince Carter, it's over gift. Like I really didn't believe that the Leafs had that regroup in them. And what gives me hope going into the next couple games here, if there is two, that they can find that and they can do that. But at the same time, I do agree with Kipper that if you start like that in Tampa again, it's not going to end well. So no. I'm 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 really excited about that win last night and extremely fired up. But I am apprehensive about the start again because if you're not going to start like that in such a big game, it is a little bit worrying. But man, that was that was some exciting stuff, fellas. Well, we've got a a long list of uh, Kipper Clippers here uh, to start off this show, and, and why wouldn't we? Because uh, we've got two coaches that. I've had a lot to say, you know, during this <laughs> yeah. series. You know, the the one thing that uh, that sometimes has been questioned, at least from my perspective, guys, is is where's that fine line between encouraging your players and and reinforcing your players with positive uh, messages and and when they just need a kick in the ass, and that's always been, uh, I think, the a coach's greatest challenge, but. Mm-hmm. For the most part, you got to give Sheldon Keefe some some kudos for at least remaining cons- consistent. And, you know, it just seems either the back half of the season, JB, or, or early in these playoffs, he's just said, I'm, I'm not bailing on these guys, at least publicly, when it comes to uh, questioning right. them. And well, it, it, it did pay off in, in the bounce back. 
It did, and you and I on this very show, uh, well, mostly yesterday, we talked about how this team, ha- you know, this organization, Dubas and Keefe in particular, have doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on these same guys, believing that if you keep running back great players, great players will come through. They hadn't yet. I thought last night was just a tremendous showing for the big guys. You look at the goals that get scored, it's, you know, Tavares from Nylander. It's Nylander from, you know, Riley's in on that one. It's, you know, it's all the biggest names. And obviously Matthews and Marner and the game winner. Um, you know, they 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 rewarded Keefe and, and Dubas for the belief that they've been shown. One of the things that uh, Sheldon Keefe did kind of hint towards, and I don't know if it was played up or not. And Sammy, I don't know if we've got uh, our, our clips available or yeah, I think we're good to go. All right. Can we... Let's um, do the bounce back. We'll, we'll, yeah, let's go to the bounce back first, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll follow it up uh, with Sheldon Keefe. The penalties and our play on our power play really muddied the waters in terms of how we were actually playing and really couldn't allow us to get life and get going in the game. So we had to just talk about that, stop taking penalties, and allow our game to take hold and... Like to build something through the second period. We just we wanted to focus on you know, what I talked to the team about is you know the way the series has gone is that two nothing has become four or five for both teams, and we needed to flip that script here tonight. So we needed to wash the first period, stop the bleeding, not allow not allow anything else, and look to score the next goal and win the second period. That was our focus. Yeah, and you know- yet. You can you can look at the the tilted ice on on the shots on goal and still have the patience and the confidence to to wait it out. Uh, that w- that wouldn't have been me. I can tell you that. Uh, no. <laughs> I would have been tearing a strip off of them after the first period. But kudos to Sheldon. Well, they got they got some real luck in this game, eh, guys? Like you got to take advantage of your luck. But you know the. You know, first off, they get you know the one off Tavares skate, but then the the penalties that Tampa took a too many men penalty is what puts them on the power play in that first place. So they get a huge break there. Then they get a break where Stamkos takes a penalty when Tampa's on the power play that puts them four on four where they score twice. Like Tampa, Tampa made a couple of mistakes that opened the door for the Leafs. Oh, okay, hold on, hold on. Like uh, you know, uh, I don't know if we want to jump to this, but Sammy, that that sounds to me like JB saying. John Cooper, you are absolutely right. Uh, you know, yeah. We, let's, we, let's play we that. Gave it, we gave it to them. Let's hear from John Cooper based on what JB just said. We're not really making them earn it. We're 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 kind of giving it to them. And you know, some of the you know we take too too many men penalties, which momentum killers. One they score on. That's you know that's on us. Um, and, you know, just a, you know, we get a power play there and then we take a penalty to take ourselves off and then give up two four and four goals. And, you know, it's been, a, um, you know, special teams, you can consider four and four special teams in, in a sense. And tonight we lost that battle again. You know, some games we're winning it and some games we're not. And tonight I just thought we just too many mistakes. And like, once again, they ended up in the back of our net. Um, and so it's unfortunate because, you know, that game was there for the taken for us. And we just we let it slip through our fingers. Just, you know, and it's on us. 
Okay, I, Co- I, I Cooper got won't let him have any fun, eh? I, I, I got uh, yeah. You, there's there's two feelings about this. Uh, my first one is that even if what you're saying, JB, is true, and mm-hmm. to that certain extent, John Cooper. You still got to give the Leafs a little bit of credit for at least taking advantage of of what you yeah. gave them. Like you're it's allowed just, to kill penalties, John. It's just it's not a given that uh, even if you do open up opportunities, that teams will take them. Like there's sometimes when teams just leave it on the table. At yeah. least the Leafs earned the game by taking advantage of what you served them, John Cooper. And that alone should say, hey, credit for them for taking advantage of it. But to give them absolutely nothing, to me, is JB, is that that just him not wanting to give this Leaf team because he knows they're so dangerous any more confidence than they may already have right now? Yeah, I, I think they really see one of their edges as a mental edge, right? That the Leafs have fallen short in previous attempts to break through. And I think this is him trying to enforce that idea, right? Like, the second he buys into the Leafs finding something within their groups, so he doesn't want to give them that belief. So to me, this is part of that message and part of trying to keep the Leafs on their heels a bit. I thought that Sheldon Keefe's comments on the way they put Tampa on their heels were trying to do the opposite, saying, we got them, they're starting to look tired. You know, he he's pushing in the other direction on that. Yeah, Sammy? Well, Cooper's got a playbook here, right? Yeah. Like, it's... We, we listen to Sheldon Keefe all year and we play the clips and you can kind of feel a trend in the stuff he says and the way he kind of addresses the media with his, you know, his coaching through the media. And through five games here, we're kind of seeing how John Cooper does it. And it's by giving absolutely zero credit to the, to the other, to the opponent and just, you know, saying that his own team sucked. So I don't necessarily agree with what he said. I think there is something to it. Like, I don't think he's totally off. Like, he, they did make some dumb mistakes. And like you said, the Stamkos penalty in the third, that, boy, that let my heart off the hook with that power play that they were about to have there in the third period would not have been enjoyable. But I, he's just there going is, to his playbook. He's just going to his playbook. There, there's a lot of things around a turning point, but... Without a doubt, and I don't know if this has just been understated, but without a doubt, JB, you already touched on it, that too many men on the ice penalty, mm-hmm. and I've been around the game a long time, That is, that was the worst too many men on the, the ice Belmar penalty one. I've yeah. ever seen in my life. They were in the like offensive that one, zone. That, that one's that one's like on a silver platter yep. delivered to the Toronto Maple Leafs. You are up to nothing. You are uh you're two and a half, three minutes in, I guess. And the Leafs have nothing. N- not nothing. a nothing, less than nothing going right now. And when you're dealing with too many men on the ice, guys, you're dealing with mass confusion. You're dealing with usually uh, a, an exorbitant amount of bodies within five or ten feet of a bench. You're talking about guys getting picked. You're you're talking yeah. about losing your man. You're yeah. talking about a puck going into an area where you don't want to touch it. 
there's mayhem. This instance, you've got McDonough and Bogosian behind the net and not a leaf to be found near them. And you get a too many minute, too many men call in the neutral zone when you're setting up standing still behind your own net. I don't know how that happens. That that would, if I'm John Cooper, that one is the strongest message that maybe some things are starting to slip. And well, maybe we're not the team that's mental, mentally, physically, and emotionally tied into winning a third Stanley Cup. Well, let's let's do the clip that, that Keith has on the Lightning looking tired. Because to me, this this was a bit of a theme in the game where, you know, once the Lightning made these mistakes, the Leafs were able to capitalize, and that sort of sent sent the lightning back on their heels like once they were once the leaf found their stride a little bit i felt like tampa didn't have it within them to give that sort of pushback let's let's play that clip next if we got it lance you know we we got a hold of the game and then much like they've done to us at different times like you're just coming you're coming you're coming in the second period and and the other team can't really disrupt you they look they started to look tired and that gave our team life. We could see it, feel it on the bench. Guys were talking about it. Just keep coming. And um, uh, I think that gave us life and confidence. It was a huge power play goal for us. I guess the power play was not great here today, but scored us a massive goal. That gave us life. He's not so, wrong. We saw it. You, Kipper, you mentioned the turning point and how big of a play that too many men is and that Keith clip there right there sort of lends to your point I think how he sort of reiterated twice about how massive of a goal that was for them to kind of wake them up because after that John Tavares had his best two periods in the playoffs as a Leaf in my opinion like he was just unbelievable from that point on everybody kind of woke up and if that power play doesn't happen if that stupid, terrible, too many men uh, penalty doesn't happen, that may not happen, and we may be sitting here talking about a loss. So it's a great point by you how big a turning point that was. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt there. And then, you know, Sammy, that, that you know, f- full credit to those guys. That seemed to, like, that went right to the Leafs' legs, didn't it? I, I mean, I, it you know, whatever, whatever you think about how the first period went, whether it was just a poor, you know, nervousness, I actually thought, and I said this in our group chat several times, I thought Matthews fumbled away pucks in the first period, like, all over the rink. I didn't think Matthews was any good in the first period, but... He was all around the puck. He, you know, he was physical. God, was he physical last night. Led the team with seven hits, body and ever left and right. And again, that play goes to their legs and all of a sudden they find it. And, you know, the big boys took over in the second period. Much like, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, much like the Leafs. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you you finish your speech because I want to get to the big boys. Yeah. And much like. The Leafs, Matthews built into that game. Not great in the first, better in the second, and then unbelievable in the third. That's all I was just going to say on that. All right, let's go to uh, the money men. Here's Sheldon Keefe on the big boys. It's a key time, right? It's and the hardest time of year against, you know, the back-to-back champs. Team, it's the best team in the NHL in the third period you know, in terms of not giving up much and defending leads, and they certainly know how to win. Uh, for our guys, you know, we got some ice there at four on four, and big time play by John to to Mo, uh, great play by Mickey to Willie, and an incredible shot. All of a sudden, you got a lead. 
give that back to them. But then another big time play by you know, Mitch and Austin connecting there. So that's what you're looking for. Key times, big game like this, you need your best people to step up and make a difference. And they certainly did that. And, and then, of course, Jack Campbell was probably the key to this whole thing here today because he kept them at two for a long time and gave us the time to come back. Okay, I want to start with 34 because we, we know the bottom line here. It's shooting pucks into a net. Mm-hmm. But the the two things I'll remember most about Game Five when it comes to 34 isn't uh, putting in a a timely uh, rebound off of Marner. It will be the what hit he put, the hit he put on Sergachev and mm-hmm. the optics of Sergachev needing a, a minute to collect himself, and then the back check in the neutral zone on his game winning goal. On McDonough. On Ryan McDonough. Yeah. Those are the two things that will stand out to me. And those are the two things that is the difference between a regular season and and a playoff in, in key moments. Yeah. And, and it, I, I I probably will be shocked if he doesn't end up with a five thousand dollar fine or twenty five hundred dollar fine for that hit on Sergachev because yeah. it was dirty as hell <laughs> and I loved every second of it. Hard agree, Kipper. Yeah. The uh the, the other one I'll add to that, Kipper, is you know, Maroon grabs him for the old Ben Sherrod, I can do whatever I want to you because what are you gonna do? And he pays him. You know, he he put Maroon into the boards hard and just he turned around, he addressed it. Like it looked like the game where Matthews was tired of kind of getting picked on, and he asserted his will all over the ice. Again, I didn't think he was awesome with the hockey puck. I, I didn't think he made his best offensive plays last night, but he was involved. And the biggest criticism of him in the previous uh, games where the Leafs have just kind of gone away is where was he? Where was he? Why was he not, you know, why did we not see 34 all over the rink? Last night he, he took control of things in a way we hadn't seen in the past. Yeah, I I think what that what you said about that back check on McDonough is what makes Matthews great in terms of his ability to make a good defensive play, make a good read, and then get involved offensively. Kind of reminded me of the goal that they scored against Minnesota when he came back on the guy, stick lift, turn around, go in, tuck it home for the game winner yeah. against them. He's just when he's on, like you said, you gotta if you're not if the puck's not going in for you, you gotta find a way to be involved, and then eventually the puck will land on your stick in a good spot, and that's what happened last night. Like like you said, wasn't great in the first, but was around it the whole time. Like he was like you know it was kind of jumping on him here and there, but he had the puck on his stick, it was around him, he was involved, and he just built into the game, and he was just outstanding in the third period, as good as I've seen him play, quite honestly. Yeah. Bunting makes a great play on that goal, too, you know, to, to get the loose puck. Muzzin steps up. Mm-hmm. Bunting gets it over to Marner. Marner with a brilliant play to get it over oh, to Matthews. Beautiful. There. And uh, not to pat ourselves on the back for our show yesterday, but I think the 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 thought was that there's just no way the, the Leafs can win unless Tavares and Nylander don't find a way to end up with to four or five points. In a game, yeah. and here they are. Yeah, I and mean, here they four are. Four so, play that Tavares made was awesome. Nylander. We talk about. Yeah, go we ahead. Talk Tim. about how we talk about how John Cooper is always right. 
you know, how he says these things that have come true. Like you think about the scoring, uh, we have no problem scoring. I think you got to give big time credit to Sheldon Keefe after we asked him to maybe light a fire under John Tavares and he doesn't, he doesn't do it. He praises him, says he's doing good things, comes out in the media and says his time will come. And in that game, the game after he says that, he scores the tying, he scores a big goal in the third period, or sorry, in the second period to get them on their way. And then, you know, sauces it beautifully over to Morgan Riley for the tying goal. You know, he talked about his time coming and him being, having his moment, and he did, and he was right. So you got to give Keith credit for that one. Well, and where where is his strength? Hash marks in another yep. narrative that we've pushed all along and both, both redirect and um, uh, a spinorama uh, underneath uh, or just inside the circle. And, yeah. you know, again, I mean, I think it was Chernak. Uh, yeah, it was Chernak, he shook. Just, yeah, but he fell. He just yeah. fell on his own. And, again, you can't predict that. But, uh, you know, that's that's something that usually doesn't happen, you know, in critical moments is when, you know, an NHL defenseman, especially a, a guy that uh, has been around the block a few times with championships, just up and falls. But that's that's John Tavares taking full advantage of it and nailing that perfect pass to Morgan Riley, as uh, Sammy just said. It pulled Hedman over, too, once he shook him. And the thing is, there was a moment right before he did it, before he did the spin, where it looked like he was about to force it out front through a bunch of sticks with Morgan Riley no support. And he took the extra second, Chernak falls, Hedman comes over, and he puts it. I was just like, oh, my God, don't pass that. He doesn't, does the spinorama, and then he goes out and he scores. So that was a beautiful goal, and it's nice to see John get involved. All so, right, let's uh, go ahead. Are you are you good with that? You want to go good, to Jack good Campbell? Good with that. I was, I was going to Campbell too, so you go ahead. Okay, perfect. Um, and I, as I'm watching the game, down to nothing, not much going. I just I sat and stared at the TV, and I, I'm, I'm wondering what is going through Jack Campbell's head right now. Mm-hmm. And I just know that the the goalies that I have played with over the years, and especially the the you know, the only one I know that I've won a Stanley Cup with would just find a way to say, I'm shutting the door. That's it. I can't give up the third one or else this game's over. And actually, last night's game, when it, when they were down 2 nothing, brought me to a, a conference final. And that was the Marc Messier guaranteed win. And down 2 nothing. And, of course, it's overshadowed by Messier's guarantee and, and the hat trick. But Mike Richter was the best player on the ice for our team that game. Not Mark was Messier. He? Yeah. He just shut the door. And the opportunities that New Jersey had to put that game away, and Mike Richter refused. Mm-hmm. And I just saw that out of Jack Campbell, especially with – uh, power play opportunities, and of course, Stamkos uh, nullifies that. But the, the the nerve that Jack showed down to nothing to me is is a great sign for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, you know, I I, I just you know jot down things in my little notebook as the game goes on. He made about six to ten saves over the course of that game, where there were plays we would be discussing today had they ended up in goals, and he just mm-hmm. got a piece. 
he just got a piece over and over and kept the puck out and at least said, uh, you know, I'll make the first save. You guys clear the rebounds, and the rebounds did get cleared. So uh, that was a, a his his best performance as a Maple Leaf for me, despite giving up two goals in the first going early going there. I thought a, a remarkable bounce back. Um, do you want to do the clip from Sheldon on him? His thoughts? Let her rip. All right. To me, what really stood out in game, with Jack's reaction coming out of game four is, you know, he hasn't been in these situations a lot in terms of playoffs and being the guy and riding the wave and all of that, obviously, last season. But, you know, this is the second go-around, really. Um, what I liked about how he handled it is, he, to me, he handled it like a veteran. His, you know, it wasn't my night. I'm going to wash it. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be good today. And I think that's how he handled it. Again, here in, in this game, you know, obviously we didn't help him nearly well enough early in the game, and a couple got by him. We talked to the team in, in our TV timeout, and Jack's part of that, but we talked to the team right after the 2 nothing. There was a TV timeout shortly after about the way the series has gone is this snowballs. We've got to stop. If we're going to come back and we're going to flip the script and change this, we've got to stop, stop it. And it took us some time to really get there, but when we made mistakes, Jack was was outstanding. So to me, he just looked like a veteran goalie, and that's what you're looking for. It's funny we spend so much time dissecting what happens, and you know, strategy and tactics and lineup and whatever, and none of it matters if Campbell wasn't going to be good in this series. And there was a real opportunity for him to fold the tent in that game. I thought that was a, a strong mental showing, and part of that, guys. You know, you saw Spezza go over to him at one point and say, "Hey, we got your back on this." You know, I I don't know what was said in that chat, but you know, whatever it was, he was able to gather himself from a mental standpoint as much of a, as a physical one. Well, before we get into Spezza and, and what that exactly uh, meant for the Toronto Maple Leafs, let's just uh, kind of expand on on Jack Campbell here because this has been a series now going into Game Six where. It's it's not exactly like we're we're sitting here today and saying they're up three two and and Jack Campbell is absolutely carrying this hockey club right now. Right. And the main reason is why when you look down two hundred feet, you're seeing a a goalie who is like a godlike figure in the last two years in the NHL with a save percentage of what eight eighty eight like. Mm-hmm. Like that, they're getting to him. I, I gotta think that if if somehow Jack Campbell loses this series, it you'll never get over the fact that Vasilevsky is have has been very unVasilevsky. It's just it's shocking to see his numbers right now going into Game Six. It is. It is, and you know I. It is a little bit overshadowed in this whole thing is that this guy was supposed to be where Tampa Bay had a huge advantage. And, you know, I don't know what you think about the Nylander goal. It's an unbelievable play and a great shot. But if Campbell lets that in, we, we, we might say you'd like him to have that one. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a reasonable criticism. And, you know, it's not like they're bad goals, but he hasn't stolen Tampa Bay a game yet, which, you know, fingers crossed that concerning for Leafs Nation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but, listen, you know. he, his numbers in his career for the playoffs, he's a career 232 goals against guy with a 921 save percentage over 86 games in the playoffs, which and six shutouts. That's and this, very good. In this series, what is he? He's three, a 365 three, goals against 880. 880. Oh, 
come on, guys. Like 880 does not. You have win to win this series. Jack squat. <laughs> you have to win this series with those numbers. You, you That's have the biggest to. advantage. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Like, he is it. At the end of the day, yeah, tons of mistakes by Tampa and stupid penalties and too many men on the ice. But 880 ain't getting it done for Tampa Bay to 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 come back and win this series for the Toronto. Uh, for Tampa Bay, it's not. I, you don't want to underestimate his ability to turn around and and shut the door, but at the same time, Nylander, Tavares, Matthews, Marner, uh, and now you might get some secondary scoring involved in Game Six. They're like, we got this guy. He is not an issue for us. You know, I I feel like going into Game Six. Um... You know the Leafs. We always say that like they they're they're not that they're looking for motivation, but when their backs are against the wall and the pressure really piles on them, we see some good performances. Mm-hmm. I expect them to be confident, and I expect to get a great effort from them. Not to move ahead to the preview part of things, but there are so, reasons to be hopeful. So how do we get uh, William Nylander be just as motivated as he was in that game uh, going into Game Six? How do we every not get time him right be... the pee pee smack and he's awesome. We need to. <laughs> how do we get a, How do we give him a pee pee whack yeah. into Game? Because boys, he was great last yeah. night, and we got to give yeah. him credit because we were hard on him yesterday. But like he was really good last night. Scored a huge goal. Was involved, flying around. How do you get that Willie in Game Six? How Sammy, you wake up in the morning, you open and you up hope. the curtains, and you don't know whether it's sunny or cloudy. You know, Fingers and that's crossed. that's the way you look at Willie Nylander. <laughs> uh, on last night's telecast, they they revisited an old quote from Kyle Dubas, and to paraphrase it, uh, it's like you 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 you, you want to kill him on one shift, and then he does something that a uh, few people in the world can do on the next shift. Yeah, and that's the way it is with those guys, and that's why you live in and and die by them and that's that's willie like how many shifts did he have last night i don't know 27 28 he was awesome i don't know right uh but like what is the percentages out of the amount of shifts that he have he has and and you say like 10 were great or 12 were great or 15 were great or 20 were noticeable with him all you do is you wait for the one or two where he does something like put the puck in the net and and it it has to be good enough. That's where we are with these type of guys. They're not your they're 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 complementary players. And last night, Matthews and Marner get the job done on the game winner, but he is there to to put them in a position. That's the way you gotta look at Willie from here on in. You just it, it is hope Kipper. and pray. But last night it wasn't three or four shifts, and then he it got was, a goal on those I, I shifts. I like I noticed him every shift. You know, even the the Morgan Riley goal from Tavares, Willie breaks that up through the neutral yeah. zone, beats a guy mm-hmm. on the entry, and rags it around. You know, like <laughs> yes. And- how, how about Tavares trying to push Willie back in the back <laughs> and just <laughs> and dumping him, dumps him, and then Willie slides. <laughs> Get up, Willie! Yeah. You can uh, still catch him. Uh, I don't know, that was anyways. hilarious. And. Now you got to go back in. You don't get the matchups, uh, hostile environment with Tampa Bay fans. You just hope that he can he can put a back to back game together and close this thing out because that's him and Tavares again will be key here to to get the job done. 
They're going to win their matchup, even if they get Sorelli and Point or whatever for the whole game. That Matthews Marner line has to win their matchup is, is is crucial to me. So we got a bunch of stuff here on our clip sheet. Where else do we want to go? What's I most think important? just uh, you know, let's pick it up off of uh, closing out this uh, this series. Let's go to Sheldon sure. Keefe and just talk about uh, perhaps checking Game Five, uh, you know, in, in a parking spot and. How do you close out? How do you finish this series? Let's go to Sheldon. I mean, it just goes without saying. It, it, no matter who you're playing, when you're trying to win a series, finishing it off is the hardest thing to do. When you're playing against, uh, you know, the, the back-to-back champs that have known nothing but winning here for the last couple of years, it's, it's even harder. You're on the road, all these things. So that's that. But for our team, we just have to recover right now. You know, travel day tomorrow, get out there, and, you know, we by this point in the series, you know exactly what's required to win. You know how difficult it's going to be, so prepare for a battle and look to get it done. Sounds it's pretty it. good to me. Well, I, and that's I like, why I, th- I believe in game six for them. Go ahead, Sammy. I like the other clip that he has, too, about, um, what is it here, about taking the next step, which is really relevant. So can we play that one, too? Because it kind of goes hand-in-hand with uh, that finishing the series one. Can we get that, Lance? Well, I don't, I don't think that tonight is going to matter if we don't take the next step, the hardest step. But I certainly believe in the event that we are able to get this done, we absolutely will look back on tonight as, as a huge moment for our team. But um, we can't. We can't live in this moment. This moment's now done. And we take the experience and we take the, what we've learned and the confidence you pull out of it and the excitement you have going forward. But you got to know what's ahead. You know it's going to be the hardest one. So, you know, we got to focus on the next one now. Montreal taught you that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the exact lessons that you were supposed to learn. Like this, you know, you had three chances to close out Montreal. You didn't do it. You've been talked about for a full year about how you can't close out anything. And this is sort of your chance now to go down there. You could end their NHL record streak without consecutive playoff losses going into their building. You won their game three. There's really, you can't let this come back here for seven, boys. I'm sorry. You got to go down there and get it done. Like, there's just too much history with the game Sammy, seven. Sammy, Sammy, you're getting yourself nervous again. <laughs> yeah, it's not time yet, buddy. You guys We're know what I'm saying, though. Like, game seven here with a full crowd, with squeaky bums. Like, it's, a, it's not what you want to do. You have a great opportunity here. You just played maybe your best game or best maybe two periods in the Matthews Marner era. Those two periods they just played, second and third, were unbelievable. I, I just it's too good a chance to to leave it to a game seven where anything can happen. I think you got to get it done on Thursday night. I really do. And, and Sammy, you, you, you got Jason Spezza, right? And he's going to give one of those amazing speeches and you're, you're good to go. Let's go to Matthews on, on, on Jason Spezza. Um, no, I thought, uh, you know, Spets, uh, I kind of got everybody in the room and said some stuff and, um, I mean, I think the main message was just to, you know, that wasn't our best period and we just got to go out there and compete and, and get back to our game. And um, I thought we came out in the second with a really good purpose and uh, started to compete harder, started to generate more ozone time and just try to wear down their defensemen and their, their guys in their zone a little bit and uh, started to gain a little bit more momentum. All right. Not exactly Newt Rockney. Let's win one for the Gipper, but <laughs> sounds good. 
Well, you know, we talked yesterday. We said who in this room, in this te- on this yeah. team, can speak up. We had this exact conversation. And look, Spets has been in three games in a row. He felt comfortable enough to do it. You know, I, I saw some people comparing the conversation he had on the ice with Campbell. Do you remember Brent Seabrook talking to Jonathan Taves on the bench after Taves had a, a, a rough go of it and one of their playoff mm-hmm. runs? Like, these are the things that people remember. <laughs> You know, a guy trying to rally the troops a little bit. Are, are, are you sure it wasn't Campbell telling Spezza on the ice? Get those guys on the bench going, for Christ's sake. No, I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> it might be. But I can, either way, good that someone's doing it. Yeah, Campbell will be like, yes, Jason. Yes, Jason. You're right, Jason. I love you, Jason. <laughs> You're the best, Jason. That's what he said. Yeah. Well, it, again, it, you know, as much as Matthews and Marner have been through this and Morgan Riley, he's – he has had that voice and that uh, ultra veteran presence that nobody else has in that room. It's true. And it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to be a healthy scratch, but he can still come in there and uh, and call guys into a room and yeah. say, have a quick listen. He's, he's the, he is in that one position to do that been around the league and seen opportunities come and go and knows you don't get too many knows how hard the you know how big that moment was last night so a tremendous rally i think we got to get to uh to a guest here but yeah. we got lots more okay plenty and uh that, that guest that jb's talking about is none other than jim ralph we'll uh we'll get his thoughts and uh and where bonesy's blood pressure was last night <laughs> when they called the game uh from Scotiabank arena all right Jim Ralph, and then in the second hour, Dave Jackson. Man, have we got some questions on the officiating in the National Hockey League. That and more on Real Kipper and Bourne right after the break. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Taking the game in last night, live and in color, Toronto Maple Leaf radio analyst, sound of the Leafs with Joe Bowen, Jimmy Ralph. Ralphie, you well rested, recovered a little bit off of last night and the call? Uh, I might have got into some red wine when I got home, Kip. <laughs> <laughs> After the first like period... It. Did you need red wine after the the two nothing uh, uh, climb? Yeah, I don't. I'll admit I didn't see that coming. I thought uh, this was the game that Vasilevsky might have been, uh, you know, the guy to steal one or set the Leafs down for for sixty minutes, and it didn't happen. But uh, a lot of rather odd things did for the Leafs to be able to get back into it for sure. JB and I were just discussing. He didn't think the period uh, and and the and the start was as bad as I thought it was. So you're you're our tiebreaker. Um, no, I'm going to say it was pretty bad. I mean, I, I thought I I honestly thought they they came out nervous. You know, they didn't have that jump say we saw in game one where they they dictated the pace of the game. Um, I thought they came out a little nervous, a little dopey, and um, I think they finally figured out uh, the good thing is that um, you can sell calls, too. They have them go your way. I, 
I was just amazed, you know, uh, the number of power plays in this series. Uh, it's almost been disappointing because I think it's taken away from what could be uh, an even better series. I mean, the Leafs in a four-period span took 12 penalties. And you're going, oh, come on. But at least, you know, if Brody doesn't sell, I'm not saying it wasn't a high stick, but if he doesn't sell the high stick on Stamkos, Leafs probably don't come back because they end up scoring twice four and four. But it's... Um, it's, it's to me, it's sad but true. But uh, you have guys finally, whether it was Blackwell or Bunting, selling the interference calls, and you can argue they were still calls. But you can also argue maybe they're not called if they're not sold. And um, the Leafs found a way to match Corey Perry and some of the Tampa guys for uh, for drawing penalties. Yeah, I actually think it was kind of an under-discussed thing we didn't get to in the first block. That fourth line for Tampa was not good last night. I think they had zero shot attempts, four and nine against. You know. Their team kind of goes how that fourth line goes, Maroon and crew, don't they? They're they're heavily involved. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't all when they were on the ice together, but they all scored uh, in game four. So, yeah, they um, they can certainly be a force. And even, you know, Corey Perry and, and Maroon in the second power play unit uh, have a way of being able to get things done. But, yeah, it was, um, it's been a strange series. when um, I think only Carolina-Boston is sort of close in power play attempts. Um, I think it was a little closer last night, but I think game four, Boston had an advantage 9-5 in power plays uh, when they evened up the series. So, yeah, every every uh, every line's got to play a role at some point in the playoff series. And, and you're right, the fourth line for Tampa was pretty quiet. Ralphie, uh, I, I need your goaltending background on this and, and just speak of what Jack Campbell might have been feeling or, or the thought process down to nothing. And just knowing on one hand that you cannot give up the next goal and then on the other hand, actually uh, getting the job done. Yeah, I mean, and, and you had that feeling, especially once uh, Tampa had the 2 nothing lead and, and went on the 5-on-3 for 30 seconds. You're thinking, okay, the, here we go again. You know, it's going to be a repeat of game four. So, yeah, he had to... Uh, he had to be pretty much perfect. I mean, you know, Tampa does get the, the McDonough goal in the third period, but, um, you know, even the save he made on Nick Paul on the breakaway um, in the second, if that goes in, I think there's, there's so many scenarios where the game could have got away from them, and, and you give Campbell credit. And, and you know what? You give the crowd credit, too, because even though he gave up, yeah. I think, two in the first four shots, even every, you know, average marginal save, the, the soup champ was going on through the building. So... Uh, I like that, that, you know, instead of getting on them or getting quiet, um, you know, the crowd kind of stood as 18,500 strong as we're still with you. And, uh, and I think that does, you know, play into it where it makes you less nervous and, and you feel you can, you know, maybe feed off the, uh, the enthusiasm of the crowd. Well, maybe you could speak a little bit more to that crowd and the breaking through of nervousness in general, because you mentioned that the the players looked a little nervous, but they found something in the second period, right? They found some five-on-five rhythm and really seemed to get over that initial nervousness. I thought the crowd was tremendous uh, in terms of not withering when the team was down. What, what are your thoughts on, you know, is this a turning point moment for the, the both the fans and the players alike being able to go up against that adversity and, and not shrink? Uh, can you give me three or four more days on that, Gorney? Yeah, <laughs> fair I, enough, fair I, enough. I, I, I can get back to you. But, yeah, yeah, you hope it is. I mean, it's, uh, 
to me, it's very similar to game one in a certain extent where you say, okay, how would you draw up uh, the perfect game uh, for the Leafs to come out and win uh, game four of the series? And especially after game four, so you say you need Tavares to contribute on the scoreboard. You need uh, Willie Nylander, even though he scored two in, in game four in the third period that were pretty much meaningless. You needed something more from Willie Nylander, and you got that. And you needed Matthews and Marner to score a big goal, and you got that. And you got Jack Campbell rebounds after getting pulled the game before. So you, you checked a lot of boxes in that win last night where uh, you're pretty happy about uh, not only you know winning the game, but how you won it and, and who were the main contributors. So we'll, we'll break down some certain individuals still here to go, but as you're leaving the Scotiabank Arena, Ralphie, did it did it feel different to you? Did it feel like this this was the game and these were the moments that they get it now? Or do you go into game six saying it's still unpredictable? Well, I, first of all, leaving, leaving the building was uh, was amazing. I, I signed a lot of autographs on the way out. And, <laughs> and, and usually usually it's hard to get people to stop. You know? so, it, so, so everybody... Everybody was in a pretty good mood. <laughs> uh, I mean, you'll hope this is uh, a turning point, but I mean, I mean, it's it's difficult not to imagine a game seven, isn't it? Uh, we've seen, you know, throughout the series, like they say, a series goes long because uh, the most desperate team keeps winning, and uh, that's that's going to be the case. And you just hope, from a Leafs standpoint, you don't go into Tampa saying, "Well, at least we've got game seven at home." You know, you've got to try to find that killer instinct that's been lacking the last few years and uh, and try to put them away however you can do it. Yeah, there's uh, this team seems to ride that unpredictability and you never know what's going to motivate them day in, day out. Um, when looking at the way the lineup was, has been constructed, you know, they're going with a bit of a lighter fourth line for Toronto, but a more skilled one, maybe a little bit more versatile. Uh, Lilligren is still on the outside looking in. Would you expect he'd make any changes heading into that sixth game? No, I, th- I thought, you know, obviously if you're going to make changes, it would have been after game four. And, um, you know, you have, you know, Sheldon Keith credit, um, a vote of confidence for the guys that were in the lineup and, you know, go out and do it again. I mean, the uh, I, I agree with what he said early on, that the, the reason Clifford and Simmons were in, because that's when the nastiness and the, um, you know, it can be more physical at the start. Everybody's trying to set a tone uh, that maybe those those players are more important earlier in the series. And now it's at the point where, you know, guys have to play and you have to put together the um, the best lineup. And, and apparently Jason Spett had quite a conversation with his teammates. So it might be, a, he may not have showed up, uh, you know, scoring a goal or, or doing anything that people would say was sensational on the ice. But it certainly sounds like he was the right guy to have in the dressing room um, after the first period last night. And you got to give Justin Hall a little bit of credit here too, because there's there's no doubt that that stuff has to get back to you, whether it's a a friend or a family member and media calling you out as uh, the worst defenseman on the team and just shy under 15 minutes, which I think is a pretty good sweet spot for him, but penalty killing and uh, trying to hold on to a win. uh, he, He did his job. Oh, absolutely. And and you know what? I was one of the ones that thought that maybe if you were going to make a change uh, for last night, it was going to be Lilligren back in for Hall. 
um, that wouldn't have surprised me at all. But uh, let's not forget the uh, the play he made to get it to Mikheyev, who then gave it to Nylander to score the uh, the go ahead goal at the time in the third period. Was a uh, was a pretty heads up play as well. As well as he defended, he was uh, pretty instrumental in uh, you know, giving the Leafs the lead in the third period. So how much of what's going on right now is Tampa not playing well versus the Leafs rolling? Because John Cooper and his post-game presser is just like, ah, you know, they're, they're, they're no good. We just stunk. You know, he's, he's really unwilling to, to, to say that the Leafs have done anything right and puts it on them instead. Yeah, but I think it's great. The Leafs keep saying, oh, they're the back-to-back cup champions. They're the best, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> so true. You know, so, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, you, you kind of love the, the wordplay and uh, – it's uh, it, it's going to be an interesting couple of games. I mean, uh, but l- let's just hope from a least standpoint, uh, there's no repeat of game four. That uh, they know there's going to be a huge pushback from Tampa. You know, the most important part of the game might be the first ten minutes, um, where if it's scoreless after the first ten minutes of the first period, you say we've won. You know, we've got we've got an edge because we haven't let them control the game. So, or you know, keep the crowd out of it as well. So it'll. It'll be interesting, but it, uh, yeah, you hope from a Leafs standpoint they don't go in thinking, well, we still have game seven. Uh, you got to have that mentality that uh, you haven't had at times um, where you've got a, a, an opposition that you can put away and uh, make the most of the first bullet and don't rely on what you got uh, in the other chamber. On, and you make an excellent point because uh, on yesterday's show we, we said this uh, knowing what you know about back-to-back losses uh, that haven't had haven't come around in two years for Tampa, last night you had to treat it as a game seven, um, and you got to assume that uh, once puck drops in game six, if you don't see that 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 feel or that vibe from the Leafs, uh, they're they're going to let it slip here. They have they have to treat it as another must win. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, like they say, anything can happen in the game seven. And, uh, you know, then it's, uh, you know, it's going to happen as well. Uh, Kipper and Borney is, um, if it comes back for game seven, it's going to be, this is the least record in elimination games. Uh, this is why they haven't been able to win a playoff series in 18 years. All that stuff is going to come out as well as, you know, you're playing the defending Stanley Cup champions who have been here before. So, you might as well, uh, you know, try to make the most of the first opportunities to get a few days off and don't have to answer all those other questions. Well, we're looking for uh, looking forward to your call uh, on the Fan Five Ninety on Thursday, uh, Ralphie. Really appreciate your time as always. Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Ralphie. Right. Do we want to go, Sammy? Do we have uh, John Cooper on on bouncing back? Did we play that one already, or no? Nope. No, we did not. We have two yeah, all right, Lance, still, let so. her rip, pal. And we'll listen to John Cooper on uh, on what they need to do to get back in. Hey, we're here to win the series. We lost a game tonight. We, like I said, we, th- we let this one slip away. That's on us. Uh, but we haven't let this series slip away. We let a game slip away. Um, so that's how you look at it. You just you got to play game by game. I'm, it's... We, you know, in our run here, I think we've had one elimination game. And, uh, you know, what was the telltale sign of that elimination game? We didn't give up any goals. And so I'm not saying you have to do that again, but, you know, that's going to be a mindset of ours that at times tonight I think got away from us. Okay. We've, we've heard Cooper on a couple of occasions. Uh-huh. 
come off losses and say stuff. And we've kind of questioned it a little bit. And then we've also said, yeah, he was right. But <laughs> does it sound different after game five now? Like almost he's he's kind of reaching a little bit and, and kind of going to the same well. And eventually does that well get dry? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's digging into the playbook, boys. He's digging in. He's really he's really hoping for the same results when he's playing calling those plays from his playbook. I don't know. I, it uh, sounds like sour grapes after you lose, but when they come back and win every time, it's hard to quibble with what he says, right? I, I do think that it's interesting that he notes that they've only faced one elimination game, and I don't think that's a real selling point for me for Tampa Bay going into game six. You know, they they haven't had their medal tested all that often in this win or go home type scenario. One time they did, and yeah, they didn't get scored on. I believe it was by the Islanders, who typically don't score anyway. So, you know, I, I'm not so sure that this is a great thing for them. They haven't had so, a ton of experience in these spots. Unfamiliar territory then for them. As much a bit. experience as you think that they've had and, and gone through the trenches of winning two back-to-back Stanley Cups, there, there's got to be a, a little bit of a feel that's saying, man, we gotta, we, we got to win two elimination games, two mm-hmm. in a row. I mean, mm-hmm. tough task it under is. any circumstances, isn't it? It is. It's. I, I. I think it's a big deal here for them. And you know, just looking at that lineup, and you know, a lot of guys had some sleepy nights. I thought Kucherov was pretty good, but you know, the Leafs talked about them being tired. You know, as this series goes deeper, is it an advantage for the Leafs who aren't in year three of winning Stanley Cups because they've been going home earlier? You know, a lot of Tampa Bay's guys are older guys who are important, whether it's Hedman or McDonough or Kucherov or Stamkos or you know. I don't know. Maybe there's an advantage here for the Leafs. Yeah, I, I'm, mentioned- I'm with you, JB, on on, on Kucherov. I, there was a a power play opportunity where I think he just mi- he missed the net short side and it yeah. went around the boards. And I don't know if you guys noticed, uh, but the camera was on him long enough to get the body language of him missing his shot. And to me, it it had a real feel of. Uh, I'm not sharp, and I am a little bit tired. Yeah. You know, and I I don't want to – he could turn around and light it up in game six and and game seven. This guy's that good. But that that to me was a a strong sense if I'm on a leaf bench to say this is is the momentum turning here, right? And if you're looking for another sort of talking point for why he may be a little bit tired or maybe a little bit not disengaged, but did you see the back check on the Willie goal? Go ahead, goal. He, you know, mm. he, the, he they had numbers back. Obviously, there was two guys. It was a two on two. But let's just say Kucherov didn't make the hardest push to get back to make it a, a, a three on two. He was kind of floating back. The controller came unplugged a little bit. So I. That's kind of what you get with him. I don't think he's ever going to be lauded for his defensive play, but I just, I, I just wanted to note that as well as another reason of what you guys are talking and, about. And and the injuries and the surgeries. Uh, it's eventually these guys, they they do, they bend and sometimes they break. Right. Well, and that's you, what you, you got to you got to hold on to if you're the Leafs. Is that we gotta we gotta give them a reason to quit. We gotta give them a reason I to agree. believe that we're not I going agree. anywhere. Give them a reason to quit. And, you know, part of that is like, all right, you know, 
Kucherov maybe did look awesome. Sergachev spent time on the ice after taking a hit that clearly put him in some discomfort. Point came into the series a little bit banged up with the shoulders. Sorelli uh, took one to the knees and missed a period of this period of this series, trying to you know they they are they're feeling some accumulative wear and tear here. This Tampa Bay team. I'm not sure that to and, Toronto we've seen anyone right. take anything outside of a Labushkin finger. Great point. I got one this, goal. And I got this. Oh, sorry, Kim. Mm-hmm. Right? I said I was. I got the sense that after Matthews scored that go-ahead goal, they really didn't expect that pushback from the Leafs. I, I felt like they really had a hard time even gaining the zone or even getting any real good chance. I mean, there wasn't much time left when he scored. That what was there five minutes left, four minutes no, left, seven minutes, six and a half. Seven. Okay, yeah, it just, yeah. but like to my point, after that happened, it really feel like not broke them. But they didn't expect that from the Leafs, and it really didn't seem like they formed a lot of really great A danger chances after that goal happened. Had a tough time gaining the zone on six on five. It just seemed like they were a little bit discombobulated after that goal went in. Yeah, and I'm just looking at uh, Braden Point, who has been Mr. Clutch for them for the past two seasons. Like, historic Mm -hmm. numbers off the charts. In this series, one and one minus six wow really really i'm shocked that's, by that you know hey you know who i want to give some love to yeah that's that's a problem for them right i think they're trying to get him going a little bit kipper they cooper shuffled lines last night kucherov got put back with point at some point like i i actually think they forced tampa to look at their matchups and how do they get their guys away from some of these guys in the Leafs that were doing such a good job Zero even strength points for uh, Braden Point through five games in the series. Yeah. Both of his and, points and, are on the power play. And, and the most dangerous guy last night, Nick Paul. Like, for like sure. We just heard from Ralphie. Nick Paul could have put that game away, you know, uh, on his own. But yeah, he's a third, fourth line guy. Yeah, you know, outside Ross Colton, he is the only guy who seems to have been there all five games. Victor Hedman, too. But... You know, I, I was just going to say, like, giving some love to a guy in Toronto. How big is the Giordano trade worked out for this Maple Leafs team? I thought Giordano was tremendous. I don't know what he was last night. I would guess plus three. Um, you know, he had an assist on the on the Tavares goal. He just was so effective. He's out there in the dying minutes protecting a lead. He's on PP1. He is an integral piece of this Leafs decor. Can we give your, lo- just, your boys yeah, some love just as under well? T- Hall. Yeah, under under too. twenty minutes, I think as a group, uh, they they managed to shut it down collectively. I'm not sure anyone stood out above anyone else as 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 a a, a hero per se. Uh, but this was definitely by committee after giving up the the first two goals. It is interesting that it, you know for the Leafs decor, they really rode four guys last night, and that's all their left shot guys, right? It's Brody Riley. Geo and Muzzin, uh, Labushkin and Hall, both under 15 minutes. All those other guys, uh, you know, up in the 20s. So they they did pare it down pretty good last night. All right, let's take a, a quick break because we're going to have Dave Jackson uh, after the break, former NHL ref turn analyst on ESPN, as uh, Lucy would tell Ricky. Dave, you've got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> Very topical reference, Kipper. We don't know what the hell is going on out there. When I... 
Oh, this worked out great for Leaf Nation. But when I watch a crowd call a penalty, that's when I go, all right, what the hell is going on here? And that happened last <laughs> that, year. That happened for sure. 100% happened. <laughs> we'll get Dave Jackson to talk about the pressures of maybe influential crowds on referees. After the break, Nick Kiprios, Sam McKee, Justin Bourne, real Kipper and Bourne.